Before we get started, we want to let you know that we talk about sex in this episode. Just a heads up. A kid at my school sent a text to his parents. The text was only two words. It said, I'm homosexual. Their mom texted back to say, I love you. Let's talk about it later. And the kid wrote back, no, let's not talk about it later. This is a one-time event. Sorry. I'm Maisie Perry. This is Kids These Days, a podcast from Community High School in Ann Arbor and Michigan Radio. It's a show about us, teens, what we're thinking about, laughing about, and stressing about. This episode is about coming out and the meaning of virginity. Let's start with coming out. So many teens stress about coming out, when to do it, how to do it, who to tell, who not to tell. High school junior Geneve Thomas Palmer wanted to know, why in the year 2020 is coming out still a thing? Do we need to come out anymore? This is my friend Brennan. It was not the experience that I was expecting. She's telling me about the time she had the talk with her mom. One day I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I have really bad anxiety, so I was, like, sweating, and I started crying. And my mom was like, oh, my God, what is wrong? Because I hadn't said anything yet at that point. I asked her to take me on a car ride to Dairy Queen. I was like, let's go to Dairy Queen. They hop in the car, turn on the radio. A song by the police is on. And I was like, Mom, I'm a lesbian. And she was like, sweetie, it's okay. I know. Brennan and I both came out during our early teenage years. But my coming out experience was a little different from hers. When I was coming to terms with my queerness, Brennan's story was the type of coming out story I'd always heard about. The fear, the tears, the split second of uncertainty after those words left your mouth. But when I actually came out to my parents, I tried not to make a big deal out of it. It happened right here. We were sitting at the dinner table. I sat down to talk to both of my parents about my coming out. That was my mom, Kate. I remember it as the summer before your ninth grade year. I remember I said something about, um, you've mentioned before that you're, you're wondering how, you know, if you might be not straight and you said, oh, I'm gay, I'm totally gay. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, I thought maybe. And you said, oh yeah, that's definitely I'm gay. For me, it was not a surprise. That's my dad. John. And I remember being glad that you felt you could tell us. I remember being glad that your telling us did not seem like it was a big deal to you. But I also remember, and I still feel this way, feeling a little bit sad that you are queer simply because socially it is more difficult. Um, and I worry about what that means for your mental, emotional health and safety. I remember having that feeling too and feeling more scared than sad. Mom, you look kind of teary. Could you explain maybe why that is? I am really glad that you feel comfortable being out. There's a spirit about you that is very lively, and I think that spirit would be 
partly damaged or tamped down if you didn't feel comfortable being out. I think you guys are really great uh, parents. And what's meant a lot to me is that you guys are so open and willing to learn and to listen like you guys uh, were talking about. And I don't think I could have asked for better parents. I am very lucky. My parents, friends, and peers have, for the most part, accepted me for who I am. But not everyone is lucky. My friend Brennan, the one who came out to her mom on the way to Dairy Queen, lives in Alabama. Both of her parents accept her. But there was a time when the kids at school didn't. I was bullied pretty severely as a kid, especially in middle school. Brennan had a girlfriend at the time. One day, her girlfriend kissed Brennan on the cheek in the hallway. And a group of girls saw it happen. She saw them whispering about it after. And the next day I got pushed down a set of stairs by one of them. And I was like, what just happened? I just fell down a set of stairs after somebody pushed me on the back, like per, like, like shoved me on the back. And um, that was probably my worst experience. That was middle school. She was bullied in elementary school too. I got called gay in elementary school. And I like, even before I knew what that meant, and I can remember writing in my journal when, um, when I was younger. I remember writing, people always call me gay. Of course I'm gay. I'm happy. Because I thought gay meant happy. Um, I didn't understand that it meant a bad thing um, and to some people, that it means a bad thing, that it's an insult that, some, that a lot of people use. I wanted to investigate the idea of coming out. If it feeds into heteronormativity and straight privilege, should people even come out? I wanted to hear opinions about this from all different types of queer people. My friend Noe came out later in her life than I did. She didn't start questioning her heterosexuality until the summer she was 16. But while she was at camp, she discovered she was bisexual. At first, I think I was a little bit in denial of it. I was like, no, no, I just I just really want to be friends with this person. And then like, it kind of settled in for me where I was like, hmm, no, I definitely like this person and they are a girl. And so therefore I am at least bisexual. Another friend of mine is Sage. He's president of my school's Queer Straight Alliance. He is trans and has a lot of practice coming out. He says he constantly needs to remind people of his pronouns. Honestly, one of the most relaxing things about quarantine is the fact that I don't have to come out to someone every single day. What is that like having to come out constantly? Honestly, exhausting because, you know, like every week someone goes, well, what did your name used to be? And I'm like, I don't want to tell you and I don't owe you that. Something that happens to a lot of LGBTQ plus people is that we're used as a sort of Google. It's not my job to explain to you why different trans people want different surgeries. The constant need for folks to know the innermost workings of my identity is not not tiring. Coming out can be stressful and exhausting. In a perfect world, would we even need to come out? Here's Sage. I think everyone should have to do it. I think that straight people should be like, Mom, Dad, I'm heterosexual. There 
is something about coming out that has changed me. Knowing that I have people that support me and will support me was super important to being able to experiment and being able to feel secure in myself. And that, I don't know, I think it might be useful to, for a lot of people to go through that. Coming out highlights straight privilege. Because straight is the default, straight people don't have to come out. But taking the time to come to terms with your identity and expressing that to the world can also be a beautiful thing. To me, it was, it was like a nice warm hug. It was um, just kind of knowing because I was in the dark for such a long time about what I was. Um, so for me, finally coming to that conclusion was a very, it was a very nice feeling. Like figuring out who you are, whether that means your career or your gender and sexuality is just a really good experience because knowing yourself and being confident in that knowledge is just really, it's a, just a really, really good feeling. Being queer is great. And I love all LGBTQ plus folks because you're lovely and you deserve the world. Coming up, we're going to have the talk. Again. But this time, we're talking about sex. The actual concept of, like, losing your virginity, I think, is purely social. Questions about virginity and how queer teens fit in. That's coming up after the break. This is Kids These Days, a podcast from Community High School and Michigan Radio. So, here's a question. What does virginity mean to you? <laughs> um, people can, like, interpret it as the first time to of doing something. Taking back my power after sexual Virginity assault. as a social class. Different for every single person, you know. The concept of virginity has been around for a while. And for a lot of us, losing our virginity is a big freaking deal. But the term itself seems stuck in the past and hasn't adapted to our times. It doesn't work for queer people, including Leah Dewey and Zoe Buhalis, two juniors from Community High School. So, Zoe, I've been thinking a lot about virginity and how I fit into it. What do you mean? I mean, the concept just feels like it doesn't work for me. I'm bi and I lost my virginity to a girl. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even know if it counts. Like, do I have two virginities or does it only count if it's sex with a guy? I mean, I've always thought of virginity as an overrated concept, but it is a good question. What counts as losing your virginity? I've often said that there are as many virginities as there are virgins. So where does the term virginity even come from? We asked Hannah Blank. She's the author of Virgin, The Untouched History, and an expert on the history of virginity. So the, the word itself comes from Latin. Um, it comes from the word virgo, which means an unmarried young woman. Blank says Christians took it further to say virginity is about purity, and it's always been about people with vaginas having sex with people with penises. And Blank's actually talked to a lot of queer people about how they feel about virginity, and she says a lot of them mostly ignore it. You know, if we have 
5,000, you know, bisexual 16-year-olds, which, you know, God willing, that would be awesome. Get everybody together in like a big stadium or like a hotel or something and just hang out, right? You know, a big, a big talk, right, with these 5,000 bisexual 16-year-olds to say, what does virginity mean to us? So we did that, um, sort of, on a much, much smaller scale. Small, like four people small. Yeah, so Leah and I got on Zoom and met with two of our friends from school, Ella and Elizabeth. They're both bi and have lots of thoughts about what it means to lose your virginity. People make it a much bigger deal than it actually is. This is Ella. Like the actual concept of like losing your virginity, I think, is purely social. She's right. We're conditioned to think of sex between a guy and a girl as the default. Ella's bi, so she's hooked up with guys and girls. But even for her, losing her virginity to a guy just felt like more normal, I guess. And like, I was like, this is actually like what losing my virginity means. What she's talking about is heteronormativity. Virginity is a heteronormative concept and can feel really one-sided for people who don't identify as straight. It can be confusing. And this confusion can sometimes yield a question, and it's, did I just have sex? And unfortunately, it's not an uncommon thought among bisexuals, especially teenage girls who are just starting to navigate the world of sexual intimacy. Yeah, there's definitely clarity around what heterosex is, but queer sex, not so much. That's what happened with Elizabeth. She started hooking up with girls when she was in middle school. But I didn't think of it as, like, a hookup. I thought it was, like, we're friends and, like, we're at a sleepover or, like, whatever. Like, it didn't—it was just, like, very casual. I didn't treat it the same way as I would if I had, like, done the same exact thing with a guy. And I think part of that was definitely denying part of my sexuality. Like, okay, this is weird. This is happening. It's just in the moment, and I'm not going to think about it afterwards. And she didn't feel comfortable bringing it up to the girls that she was hooking up with. I didn't want to ask because I was like, what if it's not real? Like, what if I ask and then it doesn't mean anything? And, like, I feel this way, but for them it's just, like, fun and, like, something you do one time and then forget about it. Like, what if they're all actually straight? So it was definitely kind of this fear, like, and that's, and that is inherently putting queerness in, like, in an other box. Like, it's not normal. And the thing is, she was totally fine with the concept of queer sex when it came to other teens. But when it came to herself, it was much harder to accept. Eventually, Elizabeth became more comfortable with her sexuality, and she found her own narrative about her virginity. My personal definition has changed over the years to kind of modify where I've been in life. Um, And I've used it as a way to kind of take back power from some negative experiences I had. But so it doesn't actually mean that much to me anymore. I've kind of rejected the term because I don't I don't think it is important and for my life, but I know it's important for other people. So I am definitely one of those people who still cares about the word. Um, it doesn't quite fit for me and it definitely needs tweaking. Personally, I don't like the concept and its history is deeply rooted in misogyny and control but it's really not going away anytime soon. So we have to work with what we have, I guess. As Hannah Blank said, There are as many virginities as there are virgins. So since it's here to stay, here's my version. 
virginity is the first time a sexual experience means something to you and is something you want to remember. And for me, virginity cannot be defined with specific body parts. It must be about connection and consent. Virginity shouldn't be an exclusive club. It should be there for those who want to be a part of it. Next time on the podcast, we're going to take a look at what life was like for us before the pandemic and police brutality protests swept across the country. So we're going to start with a rite of passage for a lot of teens. We were watching Queer Eye (laughs) and we were just on the carpet and then I was like, I'm just going to go for it. When a first kiss story is about more than a kiss. That's next on Kids These Days. Kids These Days is a collaboration between Community High School in Ann Arbor and Michigan Radio. The team includes senior producer Rachel Ishikawa, executive producer Jennifer Guerra, engineer Bob Scon. Jen Guerra edited the show with help from Sarah Hewlett. And here are the students who worked on this episode. Editing help from Jordan DePadova, Maisie Perry, and Ruby Taylor. Reporting for this episode by Geneve Thomas-Palmer, Zoe Buhalis, and Leah Dewey. Our theme music is by Jordan DePadova and Max Steiger. Additional music by Blue Dot Sessions. Logo by Mia Goldstein. Special thanks to Michigan Radio's Zoe Clark, Vince Duffy, Jody Westrick, Emma Winowicki, Paulette Parker, Katie Raymond, and our community high teacher, Tracy Anderson. I'm Maisie Perry. See you next time. Like what you're hearing? Donate $20 today to Michigan Radio to help ensure that the station can keep sharing stories like this with you.